welcome back to day four of the Life Leadership and Purpose Challenge. Can you believe we're on day four already? This week is just flying by. And uh, we're just going to quickly recap on the other day. So on the first day, we looked at purpose. And on day two, we looked at how to find the time to put yourself on the top of your to-do list. And yesterday, we looked at how to be courageous. And we looked at that in a, in a variety of ways. We looked at how to use your inner voice. And then we looked at visualizing really looking, stepping into the future and looking back and uh, really starting to find a, find a vision of where we're going. So that's our theme really is going to continue along those lines tonight. We're really thinking about how we can start to live out our purpose. And I like to call it live your legacy because that's what it's all about. It's not just a plan for the next two years. It's really about looking much further ahead and how you're going to how you're going to live that out how you're going to make sure that your purpose is at the center of what uh, of, of how you want to live your life so this is a this is a big topic we're just going to touch the surface of it and um, but I hope you enjoy it so just to give you a little bit of an idea of how this works I want you to imagine that you are a drone now I'm sure wherever you are you've seen you've seen drones everywhere well in in Belfort even in Belfort little little sleepy Belfort we have the odd drone and uh, during the lockdown, um, as a media company made a beautiful little film of Belfort using a drone. And I was, I was really taken aback when I saw it because Belfort looked so green. And to be honest, I hadn't really thought of Belfort as being that green. And the other thing that I noticed was that the mountains looked very close, whereas normally I feel like it's a trip to the mountains. I mean, it's actually only 40 minutes, so it's really not that far. But it really changed changed my perspective. And in a way, I want you to think of these kind of coaching conversations. It's a bit like being in a drone. It doesn't take you too far out of your situation, but it just lifts you enough, up enough, just, just enough to have a view, have an overview but also to have the space and the time. You know what it's like when you're in an aeroplane? Time feels a bit different, doesn't it, when you're in the air? And it's a little bit, a little bit like that in the coaching and coaching conversations. Time takes on a different perspective and you have that time and you have that space to think in a way that we don't always get in everyday life. The other thing it does it gives us it gives us almost a mirror back on our situation without judgment really a mirror for us still to see that reality but often it's a different perspective so i'd like you as as we're talking through the conversations today to really imagine that you are taking that position of a drone just lifting up and just you're able to see over the top of all the all the stuff all the noise that's going on so just keep that in mind the second thing I'd like you to keep in mind is that with all this soul searching, which is very enjoyable, isn't it? You know, it's lovely talking about purpose and values and all of these wonderful things. It's great. And it's really, you know, it, it's it's enjoyable. But at the end of the day, we've actually got to turn it into action. And that's what we're really looking at today is how are we going to implement all these wonderful ideas, all those wonderful ideas you wrote down in your letter yesterday. How are you going to implement it? Because in the coaching journey, it's the implementation that's going to make the difference. So it's really, really important. 
Now, there are a few ways to do this. And I think one of the most important is about living your legacy or living your purpose right now from day one in the mundane things. So if your purpose is, for example, to, to help other people or to make a difference in some way, you don't have to wait for things to be perfect. And we touched a little bit on this yesterday, but I think it's, it's really key. We don't need to wait for things to be perfect. We can find our purpose in the everyday things. And if we look for it, we can see it more and more. And the more our purpose is clearly defined and the more that we truly own it, we can find those possibilities. And so life suddenly becomes much, much richer when we do that. So today we're going to talk about that at that next level, not so much the short term goals, which you wrote about yesterday, but the longer term. What is your legacy going to be? What do you want your contribution to be in your career, to your sector or to another area? So we're making the full circle, in fact, back to purpose. So this is a totally different kind of planning to the kind of planning you do when you're at work, isn't it? When you're at work, you don't plan for that long term, maybe, you know, five years at most, uh, probably probably not 20 years as an organisation, although some some might. But today we're, we're really looking at that planning from purpose and then actually taking action. So we're going to look at three different areas. So the first one is we're going to look at three steps to opening your mind to new possibilities. Then we're going to be thinking about why thinking about the how is your biggest mistake when we're planning. And we so easily fall into that trap, don't we? You know, I want to, um, I want to retrain as a teacher. Oh, well, how am I going to do it? It's always the first question. And today I'm going to tell you, first of all, why, why that's a big mistake and and how you can get around that. The third thing is I've got four keys to really successfully living out your purpose. So that's quite a lot for tonight, but uh, I'm sure we will manage. So the first thing about opening your mind to new possibilities. So this can be very scary, actually. It can be very exciting, but it can also be very scary too, because it challenges our vision of ourselves. If we're opening the door to new possibilities, well, is that what Anne really does? Is that Anne? Is that is that really her? I've never done that before. Uh, is that can that be me? So it's it involves quite a lot of thinking at that level about our identity. And to do that, the first thing we need to do is to be very self-aware. Now, in your workbook, you will find a little list here that you can fill in. So the first one is being self-aware. And what do I mean by that? I mean looking in the mirror metaphorically, really asking the question, who am I? Now, this is not an easy question. And sometimes we need to ask other people, who do you think I am? Ask your colleagues, because you will often be very surprised at the very positive answers you will get. And I do a lot of that in my coaching. We look, we look and we ask questions. We can do a 360 degree, uh, not appraisal, I don't want to say that, but we can send out a questionnaire and ask people, you know, what do you think? What's great about this person? What do they do really well? 
What advice would you give them? We're not looking for the negatives, but how could they improve? So and you can do that. You can do that just by asking gently your colleagues, you know, how do they feel about your work? And imagine, imagine how honest and how truthful the conversations become, in fact, and how you can improve the leadership of your team, by the way, by having those kind of by having those conversations as part and parcel of normal leadership. Very exciting part, which I'm not going to go into today, but it's something that I think is is really exciting if you are a leader for you and your team. The second way that you can look to new possibilities is to look around at other people who are doing things that you admire. Now, this is a really interesting one because we have a tendency to look at other people and think, wow, wow, isn't, isn't she amazing? Gosh, she does something. I wish I could do that. And we stop at that. I wish I could do that. Well, yes. Why shouldn't you be able to do that? Let's look around, be inspired, allow yourself to be inspired and don't stop the conversation with yourself by saying, I wish I could do that. Also meaning, but I can't. No, be inspired. Look around you. Who do you admire? Why do you admire them? And then look at what are they doing? Look at their behavior. What do they do? For example, what do they do when there's a crisis? What do they do when there's a problem? What do they do when they're faced with a big challenge and there isn't an easy answer? What do they do? Learn from them. We can learn so much by just looking around us. And they don't have to be people in our sector or in our industry. It's about behaviours and it's about an approach. So don't be afraid to look out, look outside, because in fact, that's when it can get very creative. I was talking to someone recently about what we can learn from looking at musicians in an orchestra as leaders. You know, musicians work incredibly well as a team, but they're also mini leaders all the time. And when we start to look at how they function, we can really learn from them. So don't be afraid to look broad and see what what lessons that you can take. Thirdly, I would say formulate a long-term vision based on the answers you have above. So look for these new possibilities, look at the behaviours and then think a long, a long way ahead, 10, 15 years and think about what could it look like for you. Okay, in your workbook now, you have the next little section, which is what is the biggest mistake that people make when they're trying to do this kind of long term planning? Well, I've already hinted at it, is that when we're when we're thinking about legacy and purpose, we must not think about the how, first of all. It's it's really important that we do that because it stops us. It stops, it stops us from looking broadly. It keeps us chasing that next thing. It keeps us chasing the, the possibilities that we see around us. It's a, bit like, um, it's a bit like when you're looking for shells on a beach. Have you ever done that? When you're looking for beautiful shells on the beach and you get stuck in one little bit and, and, you, and you go all the way around the little rock pool, and, but you don't lift your head and see, oh, actually, there's a great shell in the next one. So it's about looking up, seeing the possibilities and not being stopped by the immediate possibilities around us. Keeping the purpose and the vision and the intention absolutely at the heart of things. 
And the, the other risk is that we play very small. If we're just looking at things around us and we're not thinking about purpose, there's a real risk that we play small. And by that, I mean that we, we stay restricted. We don't, we don't look beyond where we, could, where we could reasonably go. So let's keep it broad. Keep the possibilities open and keep them expanding. And the, finally, really, we need to get out of our own way. And I want to explain that a little bit because we see that a lot written down. But what do we mean by that? What I mean by that is when we keep our eye on the purpose, when we keep our eye on the mission, all of a sudden we, we forget to think about ourselves. Our ego becomes unimportant. What is important is our mission and our vision and our purpose, what we want to do, what we really want to do and what impact we have. We have to make, we want to make. It's not an option, in fact. So, in fact, we forget that we're feeling a little bit perhaps lacking in courage or we're feeling a bit unsure. We're not sure that we can do it perfectly. We forget that because our ego is pushed out of the way when we're really focused on our purpose. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need to think about consequences. Of course we do. We do need to think through consequences very carefully because we don't want to become blinkered either. But what we don't want to do is be held back by a belief that we can't do it. So there's, a, there's really a difference there. So coming on to part three now and thinking about what the four keys are to really living out your legacy right now. And I'd like you to note these down because these are probably the most important things that we're going to discuss this week. So the first one is that you need to imagine it clearly as far as possible, in great detail, much more than you imagine. It's not enough to just say, I want to be a teacher. No. You need to be really specific. What's that going to look like? What, how's that going to change your life? And there are two reasons for this. Firstly, when we visualize in great detail, it makes it much easier for us to step into it. But secondly, it makes us see the consequences and to do that double check. And that double check is really important. I'm not, I'm not an advocate of people storming ahead towards something that they haven't thought about really properly. So think about it carefully. Imagine it in detail. What are the consequences of, of doing that? But what is your life going to look like, essentially? And then really sort out your mindset. We must have this clear. Make sure that you believe it's possible. Check it's really desirable. And check that you have got your mindset really clear and focused on the fact that you can learn from mistakes. You can grow. You can change the way that you think about yourself and about the world if needed. Thirdly, we need to then step into it. And this is the exciting bit. When you imagine that you are actually in that position right now, when we, we, when we start to act as if that is real, we start to take on the characteristics that we need. Now, let me give you an example for that. So when I, when I started up my English language school, so I became the director of the Belfort School of English. So I set that up myself. I had never done anything like that before. I'd been in leadership in education, but I'd been working with children before. I hadn't taught adults and I hadn't set up a business in France. So these were two quite major things. But I just, I just decided I was just going to become 
become that. I was going to become that director and I was going to start acting like the director. And so what did I do? Well, I called up the local newspaper and I said, well, I'm the director of the Belfort School of English. Would you like to come and have a chat? And because I'd love to tell you about our new school and what we're going to be doing. And I surprised myself because I'd stepped into that role. In, inside, I still felt like a primary school teacher. But now I'd stepped into that role of being the director of Belfort School of English. And I think that's a, it's a really powerful way to take us forward. And it, it's, it's all in the mind. Absolutely. You don't need to wait for anything. Finally, and in a in similar way to, to how I did with my, with my language school, we have to be happy to take imperfect action. And taking imperfect action means that we, we're not waiting for the perfect moment to put everything in place. Because in fact, that never, it never comes, does it? There's always something, there's always something else that can get in the way. There's always, I don't want to use the word excuse because it doesn't always feel like an excuse. But there is always, there's always going to be something that isn't totally lined up. You know, you hear people talking about getting their ducks lined up and things. I'm not sure if I have that phrase correct, but, uh, you know, getting your ducks all in a row. Uh, and I think, well, no, there's always going to be one duck that isn't in the right place. But don't let that stop you. Take that imperfect action. Move forward. So I'm going to now move on a little bit and start talking to you a little bit about, about the coaching that I offer. And uh, I've developed a system that I feel really works well for clients who are specifically looking to really get clarity in their midlife careers and construct a career that they absolutely love and to, so that they can start living their legacy right now. So I've touched a little bit on what is coaching, but I'd just like to say a little bit more about this because I think coaching is, is quite a is quite a um, it's quite a strange area in a way because unless you've experienced it, it's quite hard to know what it is. So first of all, I'm going to say what coaching is not. So coaching is not consultancy. It's not training. It's not mentoring. And it's usually not advice unless advice is asked for and agreed together. So my personal approach to coaching is threefold. Firstly, I want to show you what you are capable of and help you to develop your own purpose and to be very, very clear on that. Secondly, I want to help you develop the mindset that you need in order to get there. And Part of that is often to rewire your thinking, to help you see your strengths, not just see them, in fact, to believe in those strengths and start to build on them. Because it's amazing how it's sometimes very difficult to, to see our own strengths and then to, to really feel that, that they belong to us. When we have a list, it it's, can be quite a shock almost. So really incorporating those strengths, building on those strengths, of course, Looking at weaknesses as well, but using our strengths to build on um, to build on those strengths to address any weaknesses that we need. And finally, in that also in that mindset, it's really about becoming the person that you need to be in order to fulfil your potential. I'm going to say that again. That's quite a mouthful. So to become the person that you need to be, to step into that identity, just as we were talking about. And there's lots of different techniques that we can use for that, one of which is the visualization that we've mentioned today. 
And finally, the last part is to help you to take that imperfect action, to take those steps. It's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like being in an aeroplane. As you're taking off, it, you can feel the aeroplane. It's, it's struggling to lift off. The, the engine is really working hard. And then finally, when it's up, you can feel when it starts to really fly. You can feel when it starts to soar. And it's at that point there where usually coaching comes to an end because then clients are ready to they're ready to fly as it were so it's it's these three strands and then usually along the, along the way and it it's different for each person there's a transformation at some level and that can be at any one of those points or and sometimes quite often it's at all three as well and what do what do clients say well they often say that they feel that something is different. They feel that they are showing up differently. Quite often they say that their colleagues notice that something is different, that they're more relaxed. Sometimes their families notice. Sometimes they notice themselves that they feel more energetic and motivated. They say often that they feel empowered. I would say that's the number one word that comes up more and more, I would say. They feel empowered. They feel, they feel confident, but I think empowered is different, isn't it? Confident, yes, that means you, you have the potential to do it, but empowered means you're really ready. You're ready to do it. And that, I'd say, is the word that comes up again and again. And so ready, they're ready to be the person they need to be to live out their purpose. So it's amazing to witness. So what are some of the myths about coaching? Well, one of the myths, which I, which I always find quite amusing, is that it's a cosy chat. It really isn't. It's not a cosy chat. Coaching is not a cosy chat at all. It's a challenging conversation. And it can be. It can be really quite moving. It can be very powerful. It can, it can need a lot of quiet time, in fact, during a session. Sometimes there's a lot of talking. Sometimes, sometimes there's less talking. Sometimes Sometimes there's a need to do some writing. So it can change the, 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 the dynamics of it depending on what we're talking about. Many people will say, oh, that's a hard question, but a great one. And it's, a, it's the questions that really count. It's thinking about things in a different way. So really, what is that transformation? Well, I would say in a, in a nutshell, the transformation is that people see themselves differently and they also quite often see the world around them differently. They see the possibilities in a way that perhaps they hadn't seen before. So if you're interested in that, please do get in touch. I've now got three spaces available for starting in June and July. So do let me know if you're interested. If you're listening on the podcast, there is an email address in the show notes. Um, if you're here in the Zoom call, it's uh, bluebottlecoaching at gmail.com. So join us for tomorrow's session because we're going to be looking at that last bit. In fact, the, really the key is what happens when you change the way you see yourself and the world. So that's what we're going to be looking at tomorrow. So do come along to look at that last session because it's the, it's the, final, it's the final piece in the jigsaw in a way. Because you've done the, you've done the thinking, you've done the soul searching, you've, you've seen how to plan and how to start to implement by stepping into that vision straight away. And now we're going to see how you can accelerate that, how you can really move forward with that very, very quickly.
So for those in the Zoom, we're going to continue our discussion right now about uh, about that visualization, about stepping into your legacy and how that might work. For those on the podcast, thanks for tuning in and don't forget to join us for day five tomorrow.